Welcome to the MD Show. You are in the zone with Bianca Banks and Jasmine Shannon. Two women touching on current and cultural events, discussing generational perspectives. We are mother and daughter, women of color on our grind. Buckle up your seatbelts and welcome to the MD Show. Welcome to the MD Show on Dash Radio, Dash Talk X. I am Bianca Banks. And I am Jasmine Shannon. Yay, happy week. Happy week. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> so, ooh, you have a birthday tomorrow. And your birthday was yesterday. Yes, it was. <laughs> if you guys didn't watch last week's, um, listen in to last week's episode, we talked about birthdays and like what was our most memorable birthday experience. And mine was that I went into labor on my birthday. So, um, this is like, it's like a, like our birthday is like three days. I know. It's like, and then it turns into a whole month. And then it's Halloween and then it's Thanksgiving and, you know, so how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah. So welcome Tiffany Wilson, um, songwriter, song, song stress. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, sure. Is that how we say it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Memphis, Tennessee. Um now um she made her her way, her journey over to Tacoma, Washington. Um so we it is it is our pleasure to welcome you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is very much an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Your voice already sounds like Whoa. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like people who haven't heard your music yet will be like, oh, she can sing. Just, you're so well spoken. I love your voice. It's so thank you. Know, That's the Northwest, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a peaceful, yes, sexy voice. Is it sexy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be told that very often. <laughs> um, okay, so you've just released um, a song. Can you tell us about the song titled? It's um, titled America. America. Um, And um, we all have our uh, ideals and ideas about what America is. For me, this song um, specifically speaks about what I call um, our domestic terrorists. Um, Mm. And whether they be school shooters or... Walmart shooters or people who shoot cops and cops who shoot people. Um, it's to me, it's the fact that um, there is the ability for those people to be carried away peacefully. Um, and so in the song, I say, you keep terror safe, you know, no scratch on terror's face, hardly ever. And yet um, it's frustrating because people who look like me and you, we get shot unarmed, undangerous, um, and one of the things was, I was just really tired of that stigma we have, um, that they get to force to the world through the media that, um, we're these dangerous, horrible people that you just keep stealing from. No, <laughs> So, um, you, you use us up and then you, you speak horribly of us. Um, and, and I don't know any of the stereotypes that they, they put out. I know tons and tons of intelligent, beautiful, um, 
loving mothers, fathers, sisters, you know, hard workers, you know, I, so I just, I'm tired of that, that stereotype and that the people who are harming us are safe. Mm, mm, that's deep. Yeah. So that's, deep. that's what the song is about. We, um, we shot the video um, and we put children in place of the adults that were featured on the song. Wow. Just to maybe kind of soft, soft, but it, so we didn't feel like I was preaching at you, but a lot of this affects our youth. And all of it affects our youth, not even a lot. All of it does. And some of it is even starting right there in their classrooms. So um, just tried to find a way to, what, how will you hear it? <laughs> you know? No, that is so, so powerful that you use children in place, you know, of the adults to, to represent that creative expression of what the song is talking about. Where did you shoot the video? Did you shoot it in Tacoma? No, we actually, um, it was quite a big production, probably one of the bigger ones I've had. Now it doesn't necessarily come across, but we've rented a theater here called On the Board. It's an independent theater here. And then we shot some on the streets in Tacoma. Yes. Second day of second day shooting was just in the streets a little bit, but the first day we spent about 12 hours or so, um, creating a black box and we put in school lockers and um, to try to recreate a school scene. We had extras and kids running and, um, but we use a theater setting here in, in Seattle, Washington. It's actually Queen Anne. Wow. Wow. And so you were, you, so once the project was finished, were you, did you, have you seen the full video yet? Yes. I just saw it for the first time just before the release. I mean, we were kind of nitpicky. I mean, I think in this particular time of the world, everything is very trendy and catchy and bright lights. And we didn't really want to use any of that stuff. We shot it in black and white um, just to be symbolic of we've gone like back in time. You know, you would think that color TV wasn't even here with the kind of, um, you know, visceral hatred we're, we're seeing in the streets and through our media. So we shot it in black and white. And I didn't actually want to show any violence against black people in the video. So they're all frozen um, as to not have active violence anymore. Um, it's so we, sh we use still scenes, you know, um, to just imply the violence, but I didn't want, you know, um, white people dressed as cops to actually be hitting on black people for this video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, okay, let's take it back a little bit. Okay. In, let's yeah, 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 yeah. So what inspired you to dive into music? Let's go all the way back. Um, I was a kid. I was really, really young. Um, and I would just sing in church. Church, I think that's where everyone started, church choirs. Um, and my sister had the most beautiful voice. And I people were always telling me to be quiet, you know, like, shh. And I was like, I'll be damned. <laughs> I'm not going to sing. So I think I willed myself, but right around 16, 15, 16, I realized I want to sing. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I just kind of stuck with it. I, I love other things. I went to college and, you know, studied um, social and human services, but um, music has always been, something that I come back to and, you know, or just keep doing, you know, and 
the process of doing other things. And so. Mm -hmm. um, and so you decided that you wanted to sing. And so who were your musical inspirations? Oh, wow. So growing up in my home, we were only like, uh, for a long time, only allowed to listen to gospel music. So it was BB and CC Winans, you know, Denise Williams, um, lots of them. Clark sisters were huge in my home. Um, Donnie McClurkin, Hezekiah Walker. So all those people I really loved. Uh, and at 19, I signed a deal singing gospel music with um, um, it's Hendrix Records here. It was uh, mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix's younger sister started a label here and they put a group together. So really at 19 is when I started saying, okay, I'm going to pursue the career. But at 16, I knew that, you know, I better start telling my mom and dad, you know, uh, I'm going to be an artist. <laughs> so, um, cause Jimmy, he was from Tacoma, right? Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy Hendrix. Yes. I was like, Jimmy who? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Seattle. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, and I also know that one of your inspirations was the one and only Whitney Houston. Oh, absolutely. My favorite artist. Uh, of all times. Yeah. She like, is everyone. I like, cry when I hear her, like just her voice. Just so, so growing up listening to Whitney Houston, you feel like that was, you know, throughout your entire life, she had a, a bigger impact than any other female artist that you've heard? Yes. I, I had to sneak to listen to Whitney. I mean, like when I want to dance with somebody would come on, like my friends would be like, the video's on. And I'd be like, mom, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we weren't allowed mm -hmm. to have it in our house. Not because she just didn't. You know, um, but as we got older, then the choice was ours. But Whitney, yes, I would sneak over to friend's house and we'd wait mm -hmm. for a Whitney song to come on. Her and Aretha, I think, are some of the biggest female influences. Um, but on me as a writer, I think I really am. Um, Bobby Womack is my guy. Okay. I would have all his children. I love him. I know he's gone, but I just loved Bobby Womack at an early age too. Like my friends were like, who is this? I'm like, girl, that's how I feel about Bobby Womack. We were talking about earlier, but you know, now that's over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I was the only 16 year old, you know? Wow. Laughing. Okay. So you grew up in the church and so because of that, your parents were very strict about your musical choices. Mm -hmm. Both my mom and my stepdad were ordained ministers, too. So, um, you know, they weren't I mean, they were strict in that way. And I think it was just always protect your, you know, guard your spirit, the things that you put in there. And mm. um, mm -hmm. I was aware then just what we were getting in music. I feel like a lot of it is manifesting now. Um, so they, at the time, you know, once I was 17 or 18, it was whatever I wanted to do. Um, but I started touring then too. And so the gospel group wasn't about it. They actually kicked me out for writing R and B music. So. Oh, what? Yeah. So did you <laughs> watch the Clark sisters movie? Yes. Oh, it was so good. So good. I, oh, it was amazing. You have to watch. I it. loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, you just brought them up. So I wanted to just tap in on that because I thought it was really well done. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It could have just been a musical. I mean, it was, but I mean, Shalia, I think is her name, who played Dorinda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's incredible. Incredible, incredible. I would have loved to just listen to them all sing all their lines. Just sing the lines. (laughs) (laughs) Forget about the word. (laughs) Just sing it. But I, I, no, I agree with you about guarding, you know, guarding your spirit. And I think, I guess, like, as parents, we kind of overcame. Can you hear? Yep. Something about overprotecting. As parents, I think we, like, you know, it's kind of like embedded in you to have that protection over your children, even though, you know, like, at a point you can't, you know, obviously control, like, the outcome, you know, but it's important to protect. Like I know for us when growing, you know, raising Jasmine, like I never allowed her to, um, to watch music videos because I felt like it was just so explicit. You I know? was just that when you said that, I was like, my mom was the same way. I could not watch. And I would also sneak and watch them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to get it somehow. Yeah, because you know, I'm, I'm a dancer. So, like, that, it was Aaliyah was like, I remember watching her when I was And she wasn't even like a really huge dance mogul. You know what I'm saying? She, but her, she was so smooth and like mm-hmm. some really good dance pieces in there. So, I always tried to well, sneak. Aaliyah, too. she could watch, but I'm just saying, like, we're talking no, about yeah. like, like two live crew or like things that right. were on television then right. when right. she was growing up that were just so over the top then. Yeah. You no. Know, um, but I wanted to, you know, it was like I, I would tell her, like, you have your whole life for that. Like, let's listen to Miles Davis. Let's listen to This <laughs> is and now she, you know, loves jazz. Like I love that music yeah. and new sh- I mean, I she listened, she showed me Joe Scott, Tina Marie, Alicia Keys. Those are the songs that those are the musicians that we listen to. My first concert was Joe Scott. And she was, she was like nine. Oh, okay. I love Jill. I, I've seen a couple of her shows. That's a good one. Yeah. So she. Yeah. So now I'm like, I can't even listen to this. Mm-hmm. All this, all this little, little, Ooh. little, you know, little PJ and little, little <laughs> Romeo. I'm like, the baby, baby, the baby, and the, the baby, 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 and the big boat, the little yachty, the little. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, right. Uh, New, real music is just so much embedded in the 80s and the 90s and, it's and that's just I, I just <laughs> I just love real music I that's what I call it real music I mean it's from the soul soulful music yeah, I, that's love what it. I love you My know six who lives with me and she's all about it too like she that we don't even play it in the house you know so uh, anything other than Stuff from the nineties and seventies and sixties, and so she's, mm-hmm. she's all in. So yeah, so I would. So I was just going to say that. So it like it worked out, you know, because I feel like we have you have your whole lives to be like, you know, exposed to so many different types of influences. But I feel yeah. like your foundation should be, you know what I mean. And I think that she's grateful for for that. And, and I'm, and I'm grateful that she's appreciative of those that came before us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the song America, 
Mm-hmm. Let's get into that. Okay. So why the title? Um, I just, cause I felt like there, there really wasn't a better fit. There wasn't another, any word that I could put out there, you know, to describe it was, it's, it's simply talking about what I see in our country. Um, I, I lived in Japan for a little while and I didn't even know they had police. Mm. Mm. You know, like I never saw a, a, I, one time and that was because a fight ended up breaking out. I'm at one of the clubs and I was like, they have police officers. That mm. was like really telling they're on every block here. They're everywhere. You hear sirens all the time. Um, it was safe there. And to go outside of the U.S. and look in, it's like there's really probably no reason for this America to not be safe either, except for the people inside of our country who are keeping up the terror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And other countries can get their people together. You know what I'm saying? Why haven't you gotten, you know, our people together? Well, <laughs> I'm like, but that I feel like that sentiment can be applied to so many different things, even, even the pandemic. Yeah. Like other countries have, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Implemented strategies and, and where there is some control Mm -hmm. over um, the spread. Yeah. And we, we were like the last. um, Yeah. We were the last. We are still struggling, you know, and I've like the most deaths we have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even, even when you think about food, you think about processed food, you think about health and wellness, you mm-hmm. think about our rates of high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease. Yeah. You know what I mean, we're dying, strokes, heart attacks. You know, it's not uncommon for people to pass away in their 50s. And younger. And um, our rates of obesity and all of that. And then in Europe, it's like everybody's living, you know, it's they've, you know, it's common to have, you know, longevity. People are thin. People are, you know. Yeah. It's like, and the food even the taste is so vast between here and there. It's like, yeah. Even, even like my eyes get big. Cause I'm like, I can't even, even in the beginning of a pandemic there, they did the full shutdown. They were, you know, they couldn't even leave. I think when they were going to get groceries, it was like a, a lot of time per district, you know, they couldn't even, just walk out like how we're walking out and going to the grocery store with the mask and everything. It was, I think they had like a a time that they had to leave and go get groceries. And then they were actually locked in for a very long period of time. And they, um, and they had a, a much better result of recovery from the pandemic. So it's just interesting how it's like they're trying to keep us 
in this, and I don't know, I just feel like it's very controlled and in, in the weirdest way. Yeah. And um, leading into voting, um, some people say, oh, once the election's over, everything's going to go back to normal. And I'm like, I don't believe that. that. Happens. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe Because, you know, because I don't know. I just. I don't think we'll ever get back to normal. Mm-hmm. I think this is very much our new normal. And um, in my household, we are still stockpiling. I mean, like, um, the way they went crazy up here over these shelves, I'm sure it was down there too. I mean, the shelves and so, I mean, we went and bought deep freezers. We we have an attic. Wow. We, you know, just started storing and not, and just so that, because we have a lot of space um, that we could say, Hey, come here. You know, everyone got two days, the lights go out, everyone can get here in two days, you know, and we should be okay. I just had to think about, you know, or we wanted to think about my, our families. Um, but you know, we, yeah, we, we get rid of it now because of the expirations and things like that. So we're constantly bringing in food and letting food go, storing water, weapons. (laughs) You know what? That's funny because yesterday I was talking to my mom and I was like, you know, we, now that like you were, you know, when you go back to the grocery store or, you know, any convenience store, you see like, um, a, you know, that they're completely restocked with all these items. And I was like, and now's the time to get them mm-hmm. and to start, you know what I mean? Because I, they've, you know, have been basically um, warning that this winter is going to be, you know, like the, the rising. I mean, we're even yesterday, we there was like a tremendous rise in cases and we live in Los Angeles here in the county, we're still like at the highest level. Wow. So, yeah, like we're not even. We're in the purple. In the purple. Purple is the highest. So that's tier one. And I think there's four or five. Four. There's four tiers. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. in the purple. Yeah. So I, but I noticed, um, you know, like in the past couple of weeks when I go to the to the grocery store, there's like an abundance of paper towels and paper goods and what, you know, and cleaning supplies. And, you know, so I'm like, we need to start now. Yeah. So I think what you're doing, I think that's great, you know. But another thing you said earlier that I want to touch on is the shootings. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know if you guys connected these dots, but it's like before the pandemic, you know, we were like so worried about school shootings and about shooters and about public shootings and about, you know, all those, all the, like, you know, and they were, you know, like the gun reform and, and that type of thing. And it's like now because of these, because of the pandemic, uh-huh. it has in a sense, it's like, to me, it's like been like a cleansing process. It's like your children belong with you at home. That's yeah. You know what I mean? Like some parents I know, they're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't know how long, you know, whatever I need to drop. It's like, do you, so are we having children so that you can drop them off at school and other people can raise them all day? Or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, for me, it's been, I have a nine-year-old. So it's been like a process of, um, of becoming even more intimate and having a closeness. And it's, I've been, you know, I've, I've been enjoying like seeing him, um, 
like just what his progress is and how it's been in school and how, you know, just other progressive things that I've seen and like mm-hmm. they have to read every day. And, and right now he's reading um, Becoming, you know, he's nine years old. Okay. You know, and it's like, you know, people are like he's reading that. He's not, I'm like, yeah, he, he can, he can read. You know, you know, you don't need to like have him and like, you know, if you, if your child can read, why have them reading simple chapter books, you know, it should be, you know, expanding their minds every day. And so it's been like really interesting to see that now during the pandemic that like so many different things have become protected. And Jasmine and I talk about this all the time too, that like, to me, it was like, God was like, hold on a minute. Everybody just sit down. Just yeah. mm-hmm. Let's have a seat. Stop. Because the rates, like the like where we're going, it's like there's no limit to anything. Mm-hmm. Sex. Nothing. What what you can um attain, what you know, like what you can easily access. It's all it's all available. Oh, yeah. And it's like, who would do that? Who would give children this kind of access? You know, I mean, like, and you have the means, of course, parental controls. But again, a lot of parents be too busy to even pay attention. And the TV becomes the babysitter, the tablet. Who ain't got a tablet? You know, every child I know has a tablet or something, you know. So how, you know. One One of my brother's friends um, in, in his classroom, it's a girl. She, you know, they're like, they're date. She's, she's dating one of Brylan's, my brother's friends, but they're like nine. So I'm like, okay, that's already what's happening with parents. So they had boy time at the friend's house and the little girl and, and, and the little girl shows up to the friend's house, but this is not even this. And she didn't call. She didn't, Ring the doorbell. Ring the door. But she came in through the back and knocked on the back door and was like, I'm looking for my my boyfriend. She's nine years old. And me and bro- my brother and my mom went to our birthday celebration last night with my brother. And we were having a conversation about it. And I said, well, Brylin, who are who are this girl's parents? She said, <laughs> you know, and, and I, said, like, I honestly don't even know. But I said, they go to church. And she said, they go to church. They're in the church. Wow. It's even like, like looking at that and understanding, like, you're right. There are parents who don't, I don't know. And I, then I asked Brylin, do they, does, does this girl have siblings? And she said, yes, she has he, two. He said, yes. Oh, did it. yes. And, and he said, she has two older brothers. So I'm like, okay. So oh, no. they're leaving the brothers there to watch her. She's just doing whatever. And they, and it's just interesting because it's, I think that this is a very crucial time for parents because you do have so much time with them inside the home. Yeah. This needs to be the time where you're molding because you have that extra time. Yeah. I don't think they haven't really, I mean, um, we're fortunate. Uh, my wife and I are both here with our, um, and we're, we just call it our village. Um, mm. My brother, he's actually my cousin, but I was the first person to hold him out the womb. So I've been in his life, all of his life, very close. So he works abroad a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had him and his his family moving here because we had four extra bedrooms. 
So Ooh. we said, you guys can move in here and everyone goes to work. And so for the last, before pandemic started, I was already accustomed to being home and in the home every day with the infant. He's now three. Um, so I I wouldn't have it any other way. Even when my sister had kids, I quit my job and I just didn't think it was a place to have your children around strangers when they can't talk. Mm-hmm. I, um, mm, mm, that's deep. Um, that's- they can't tell you anything, you know? And um, so I just, I don't play that. Not with, not, not with the kids in my family. And I actually really am enjoying that she's home for school. I always stress to her, you have to be the smartest kid in the class and not necessarily the coolest. The smartest one isn't usually the coolest kid either. So find a balance, baby. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so how many of, so in your village, mm-hmm. does your brother live there with you too? When he's in town, he's usually gone for like a month and a half at a time. And then he comes back for a couple of weeks. Yeah. He, you know, we FaceTime and Skype. And so his kids can see him every day and that kind of thing. But, um, uh, it's a really great job he has, you know, uh, with Homeland security and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, he's, he surveys vessels. So mm-hmm. all of the ports, he, mm-hmm. he surveys all the vessels there. So it's a great job. And we didn't want him to miss the opportunity. And he had been trying to, he'd been on the longshoreman list for a while. So this was kind of like a, uh, him skipping the line a little bit and, and he's young well he's 30 and so I just thought well while we're still able-bodied and you know we love his baby's mother and you know let's just be a village and, and everyone help raise these kids so we enclosed our whole space like so that we don't have to watch him outside no one can come in we just we really set up once this pandemic started we just built it out um they're safe here and, and that is so good. That's it. Yeah. Um, so this, okay. So obviously we have an election that's upon us. How many yeah. more days in the election? Is it like two weeks? Right. Well, I think, yeah, like two weeks. Is Maybe it a little a- bit less? Cause it's on the, it's on the third. Yeah. So not even two weeks. I don't think then. Right. Um, in days. Eleven days. So this the release of your song is mm-hmm. in time. You wanted it to be released in I guess the same around, around the same time that we're having voting, right? Yeah. Well, we didn't really actually plan it that way. Um okay. the, I wrote the song um last year mm-hmm. at the end of the year, so around s- September 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, I also work on a couple other projects. So I was really just kind of going slowly at finishing some stuff. And I was touring still um, with another artist. And um, once the pandemic hit, we were like, oh, well, we kind of got time. I could go to this. No one was going anywhere. So the studio doors were open to me. And so we just kept kind of working quietly, um, socially distant. And it just, we got it finished. We really, Mm -hmm. I feel like kind of, rush the video a little bit um, um, because it was like, well, let's get it out now that we have the time to really focus on it. Let's just get it out before the end of the year. So we really weren't planning to like make it an election song. 
mm-hmm. but the timing is is really relevant. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the song asks, "Is is this how we keep America great?" And I think I don't know. I think people think I don't know what people think honestly just yet. I haven't heard a ton of feedback whether they think it's pro or anti anything. It's it's honestly just a question for the citizens of the U.S. Is this how we keep America great mm-hmm. with violence and all the other garbage? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, I think it's I think it's very um, important. I think it's a very important song, and I think that you know um, it, it, it's because as as serious as the song is and the meaning behind it. It's also um, like an inspirational song. Yeah, I do want it to empower too. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that um, so many times, especially like for us as um, women of color Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like going through everything that we've been through. Like, uh, again, I say that the pandemic really incited like so many different things. Yeah, I think it was a good thing almost. I felt like even though people lost their jobs, it brought about a hustle where people were now like, how can I own my time? How can I make my time work for me? Uh, And I think it was kind of a boost and a kick a little bit for maybe the underdog who has some real skills, but has to go and work for someone else. And it gave you the time to receive some help still and be able to focus and work for yourself. Um, it was a blessing in disguise for, um, a lot of people. My cousin, he got laid off initially, but got another job during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But He cooks incredibly. We had people lined up down the street buying plates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lady there that I saw, I think, and she makes the, the lasagna. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm -mm. It's like the lasagna lady, but it's the same thing. Like she was laid off and, she um, was at home. And so like some of her um, neighbors and other people in her immediate community community, they didn't have like hot meals. They you know, like a, a lot of them were, were elderly and they were not able to go outside or didn't have people that, you know, could check on them. And so she started like your brother um, delivering, you know, hot. Right hot food and she so she would have like the she has the ingredients donated but then she gives out you know and makes so anyway she's called the lasagna lady but I I feel like she lives in Seattle or she's from Seattle or she's in Seattle I don't have to look her up because I love lasagna (laughs) it's yeah one of my faves but yeah it how did you how did your cousin how did people end up knowing that he was doing that did you guys Instagram, mm-hmm. ah. just, inst- you know, he has, um, we, like I said, we're a survivalist type of family. So he already had a kind of a decent following just because he was a young black man who loved to hunt and fish and camp and things like that. So, um, people were already kind of paying attention. And so, um, any, and you know, Seattle's a very huge marijuana, uh, state and he is a prominent grower as well. Mm. Mm. So um 
he he just already had people paying attention. And so our family, like my grandfather, probably he's passed on, but make the best barbecue I've ever, you know, Memphis, honey, we throw down. So, he, you know, he got it honest. His mom is an incredible cook. And so he was like, I'm, I'm throwing these slabs out here. So we were doing barbecue mm-hmm. um, and ribs and chicken and pulled pork and briskets and all that kind of stuff. And he'd get the six-year-old. She'd run out plates. We had an assembly line going. It was for real. I'm like, we're about to get in the car. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. But they, and, you know, but folks would be out there in the streets. I know the neighbors were like, what is going on at the black house? Is our, <laughs> our house is black, too. We painted it black with a pink door. Oh, my gosh. You must send wow. me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. So. We just, they have to put up with us. Like last, last night we had cameras out and um, lots of singing that happens outside. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. So. We have to get us a plate, mom. Oh, no. Yeah. Girl. Drive on up here. We got space. <laughs> Mike, you, so funny. we're serious about food. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> Um, shifting gears a little, I heard that, um, you were rooting for me. <laughs> yes. Um, invite only. Invite only Cabo. I clocked in for it. I was, I mean, my show was like, everybody be quiet. I loved it. I love the show. I mean, um, it was just way more, a little more milder than all the the ratchet you could get, you know, in other mm-hmm. reality TV shows. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I hung on everything. What, what, um, you and Jer- is it Jer- Jermaine or Jerome? Jermaine. Jermaine. Mm-hmm. Jermaine were my my favorites. I just, you know. You know, I just did. I thought you guys were the the healthiest people around him. Really, I loved Uncle Jermaine in that orange suit. I could yeah, <laughs> he is so funny. He is so yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, you know, tell us about. Your- are, are they coming back? Is no more invite. You're out of Cabo. Maybe invite only. <laughs> you know, it's Pandemic. funny. So Larry, you know, is like one of my closest friends on the planet. Um, we talk every morning, every day, every throughout the day. We, but we usually start our day with a call. Um, and so many people ask, "Is please bring it back? Please, please, please." Yeah. <laughs> there could be another storyline. There could be something y'all do vacation to to a. A country where it's not on lockdown, like right now. The only where the only place we can travel to right now is Mexico, and that's kind of like pushing it even. And I think we can go to Jamaica too, because I know people really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Bahamas, oh, wow. I've come back and forth from the, from the Caribbean. Okay. And the like, you know, we mm-hmm. thought about like where can we go, um, but. So, mom, what was your favorite thing about the show and what was your least? Yeah. So my favorite thing about the show was, to your point, being on vacation. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, 
um, you you know, it was like I was able to connect from like mostly my daily responsibilities, even though it was like really um it it wasn't it wasn't what it seemed because like we still had to make our own food and we had to like <laughs> and we had to, you know, but that was like a lot of the pressures that they um instilled on purpose, like that the production put on us. So it added like more frustration to like you as an individual. You know what I mean? But but to like what you were saying as far as the way the show was I guess the way that the way that we were it was really like we had all decided like okay this is not going to be a show where we're just like doing whatever you know what i mean like we're not, even though i think producers would try to push you there mm-hmm. it's like i still wanted to maintain my integrity because i knew that i had a lot to lose you know what i mean that i was a parent there was someone else there that was also a parent but i use that term loosely so for me it's like <laughs> about parenting my whole my whole life has been about my children you know what I mean? like first so I knew that like I did not want to um you know just put myself out there in a way that just really wasn't me anyway mm-hmm. yeah you know it I mean? showed your your character just your quality I I really enjoyed I did root for you I was like oh man you know at different times, like, oh, does she want, you know, I won't get into it. But I did. I was like, you're my favorite. And that, um, what is her? Mm. The other. Uh, Emily or Kamani? I think There's it's Kamani. Emily was the nail chick, right? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I was just like, okay. And just, you know, just, I just, I appreciated your, your quality and, um, and it was good that, you know, at least there was one, you know, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to her least favorite part. Well, my least favorite part was being away from my son. That was. Yeah. How old was he then? Probably a few he was a like years older. Yeah. Okay. And he just. Like just to see him and like crying and he was FaceTiming me and like because we, we were gone for like a month. I was going to ask. Two months. It was like a little oh. bit, but he, and then like, I, I was like, well, can you, I was going to have um, a family member bring him, but like the production wouldn't allow that because you had to like stay in the house and he couldn't, you can't have minors in the house. So it, that was like the hardest thing. My mom said, so that was the hardest thing during, during the time, I feel like another hardest thing for her was that she didn't have privacy or any conversation that she yeah. had was recorded. Anytime they were asleep, there was a, there was a production set. Like they would room. come in and just like be in there. So there was you know? no privacy. <laughs> she, I remember one night she called and like hid outside in the corner to call me and just stared at me and like didn't, couldn't talk because she was <laughs> and she was like, save me. Like that <laughs> Like, oh, wow. Yeah, you were just, she just broke down. She just yeah. broke down and she just was like, okay, I have to go. Like, that's the only thing that she said. And I was like, dang, like, this is supposed to be fun and it's just not happening. But, like, back oh. to thing, these group of people that went live completely different lives than the reality TV lives mm-hmm. in real life. 
I think like the Kardashians, you know, and like other, you know, like Housewives of Atlanta or mm-hmm. um, hip hop. I think that they leave the cameras and they kind of continue that lifestyle of drama and like mm-hmm. trying to still be relevant um, in the dramatic way rather yeah. than relevant in a way that's, you know, uplifting and, you know, um, something negative attention to the world other than mm-hmm. negative, mm-hmm. you know, so for this, these group of people, which is kind of what you were saying, like, Oh, I could just, it was a mild version. It's because all the people that you saw have like full-time serious occupations yeah. Yeah. that they had to go back to. I mean, even to even be able to leave for that amount of time was very difficult to, mm-hmm. to, to manage mm-hmm. before they left. Yeah. Um, but I also think too, it was like, I think a lot of I think a lot of reality television, like you mentioned the Kardashians or like, you know, even all these other shows, it's like you're seeing them in their lives every day. As as they are, like in their homes mm-hmm. and things like that. And mm-hmm. that like we didn't know that we were not going to like be allowed to have a day off or have a break or have private time or have mm-hmm. you know, so like I would just prefer moving forward going into another project like that that we're able to like, these are the filming hours. Yeah. Turn them off sometimes. And then be able to like, you know, just kind of retreat. Yeah. And those are things that they don't tell you. They're just like, Oh, before you sign up, you're going to be great. It's going to be a vacation. And then, and that's what this part of the mental part of it. Like what my mom was saying was it, it, it was a lot of tricks. It's like the production team would tell you, you're going to have the alone time and you're going to, and then you get there and it's like, wait a second. Yeah. And so by I the think- time you're in there, you're there, you're there. So, you yeah. know, whatever, you know, you can't. can't do anything about it. But I, you know, I would, I, I mean, actually like every, everybody that, that was on um, cast, I'm still like um, in communication with and close with, or, you know, on some level, except for one person. So, but um <laughs> But you know, it's like, you know, I'm not upset about it. It's just like it is what it is, and I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And more, of, it's, a, it's like I have a again to your point. Like I'm at peace knowing who I am. Yeah. And then, and like most people that meet me, they're like, "You're so humble. You're so down to earth. You're so like you're so who you are." You know what I mean? Because I am. I am who yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. It's tiring trying to be someone else. It just does, girl. But see, that's what happens to people that you know try to perpetrate a fraud because they can <laughs> do that for so long, uh, you know, and then it just starts to unravel. Unravel, Ravel. unraveling cinnamon roll with lots of sauce <laughs> and cinnamon. Lord, Still oh, going. the older I, you know, I'm twenty. I'm, <laughs> I'm, she ooh, I, I had to, that woke. She woke up. On I that woke week. up. That I, I'm turning twenty-seven next week. And so the older I've gotten, the more I've seen the cinnamon roll unravel. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't watch this any longer. So then it's interesting. This brings us to our next kind of something that we wanted to discuss is self-care. Yeah. Self-care is only about, you know, massages and nails. And it's also about checking in with yourself mentally and making sure that the people around you fit your lifestyle mm-hmm your path, where you want to go, your successes, and all of that. Back to the guarding your spirit. Guarding your spirit. Guarding your spirit. Yeah, I, yeah. 
as of lately, it's funny because I, I, I saw, once I started following you, I watched the video where you spoke about stress and I loved it. So this morning I actually tried because when you said, oh man, I have to pray before I start going, usually I, my eyes open and I'm immediately in my email. So today I was like, I'm going to pray first and approach this day with the day, you know, because usually throughout my day, I pray and, and express my gratitude, but I'm going to start my day with it today. And so I was early, you know, logging on. It did. It just made things feel like, oh, okay. You know, um, it was great. Self-care. Uh, I'm definitely going to add that to my, Your day. my day. Yeah. Start my day with gratitude and prayer before I dive right into these emails. Mm-hmm. So. It's important. It just brings me like a, just a peace. And I feel like I'm, um, just on the right track for the day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and I, and I feel like too, it's, that is something that it just is so good for your soul. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so important to, for me, it's important to, um, to really be in touch with yourself. And the, and I'm on this path of like always trying to improve my soul and improve who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. yesterday, I went to Nike and <laughs> I went on my arms and I put some socks in my pocket. And then I realized when I got home, the socks were in my pocket. And I was like, oh God, like now I got to go back and buy the socks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't gone back. I'm going to go back today. But today, I have the socks on. But today, (laughs) I'm going to go back and say, you know, I was here yesterday and I bought, you know, these things. um, But I forgot to purchase these socks. And then I'm going to buy another pair of socks, too. You know what I mean? Because it's like, that's what you do. Some people would just be like, ooh, they didn't see it, whatever. But I can't. It's like my conscience is so heavy with things like that and Mm -hmm. burdened, you know. I do. I think it's really important. You know, um, you have to wonder. And I'm glad you do it. I do it. I'm constantly saying, how can I be my best self? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be perfect. Just, you know, check myself, hold myself accountable. Um, I definitely don't want someone who doesn't love me checking me, you know. So, but that's how they try to break you down. Mm-hmm. It's like you so don't I, care. you're just trying to be on top, and you're, you're trying, trying to check me. Insecurities. Yeah. So, but I just check myself so that even if it does come to, because I I think the thing I get a lot. I'm not mean, but I am very straightforward. Um. And sometimes people, especially here in Seattle, they would really prefer you be passive aggressive. They would prefer you smile. So I understand. Yeah. That's what they would prefer here, which is why I think they think they're progressive is because no one is ever able to say you did it. Now, how far away is Tacoma from Seattle? Like 45 minutes. In baby traffic. It's about, you know, I drive kind of, I used to live in LA, so, um, I am an LA driver still. I got when I first moved back, I got three tickets in like oh. four months or something. I love my car is a little fast car, so I can get to Seattle in like 20 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's about a 35, sometimes 40 minute drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Portland for 
four years and I, I went to Oregon State. Okay. So I live the colors because I have a my brother in law. My my brother in law, Ryan McCat McCants. Mm-hmm. I don't he played football for for them. So oh, I think I remember. But you guys are about the same age. So mm. oh. Michelle Obama's brother taught basketball there. He was the coach. Yeah. Oh. He's the coach. Mm-hmm. So so he had she, a normal job, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but she she went to visit him and like okay. and like um Michelle actually spoke at one of our graduations while he I was, love her. And Jasmine like cut off She's the motorcade. Yeah. Jasmine like, didn't understand that the motorcade was coming. I was through. like, I think Michelle or Obama's here because there's like <laughs> nine bulletproof bands rolling through Corvallis, which is like a major college town. Mm-hmm. Twenty thousand population so i was so you just knew like when while chris robinson that's his name was the coach you just knew he had secret service because he had secret service the whole time oh he had secret service so it was like and this is while obama was president so it was like whenever because sometimes he couldn't leave or they would visit him because they're close so you would just know when they were in town Mm -hmm. there was a a pizza place in corvallis called american dream pizza and obama loves that place so he would come to eat at that place and they named the pizza after mm-hmm. him and everything. But I <laughs> can relate. I definitely can relate to the Pacific Northwest life. And it definitely helps you keep your peace for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. I love the that was the closest. There. That's the closest I ever got to the Obamas. The Obamas. I ain't been close at all. They shut the freeway down for miles and miles once when he was here. But I, I, I regret like not. You know, like going to the inaugurate, like going to those things and, go, you know, I, I do. Because now it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> we might not get that again. Yeah, but I do love Michelle and I love the book. And so I felt that that's why, you know, I wanted my son to, you know, I'm like, read the book. Come on, let's read the book together, you know. Yeah. So it's cool. But um, oh, we're almost coming to the end of our time. Um, How can the listeners find you and um and your new song it is available on all platforms it is called america um and i'm on instagram at at tiffany wilson music um facebook at one tiffany wilson music and then of course there's tiffany wilson music.com so i am bianca banks and you are listening to the mnd show you can find me on all social platforms at It's Bianca Banks, I-T-S-B-I-A-N-C-A-B-A-N-K-S. And don't forget it. And you can find me, Jasmine, <laughs> on Instagram only um, at Nation, J-A-S-N-A-T-I-O-N-N. And don't forget to follow the MND show. Yes. And Dash and Dash Talk X. And this is America with Tiffany Wilson. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Got a little story. We've heard too many times about a little boy. Unafraid of taking lives of other little boys. And girls. Well, nobody paid the price mm-hmm. Nobody know my sorrow know my mm-hmm. And I'm giving everything oh. Oh.
ain't for me Dark skin, my kin, get the second degrees Ain't no anomalies, men that privilege perceive They see the gun, hands up, easy shot to the spleen Ain't no campaign can stop that They call this real rap Got mamas praying, but our babies never coming back Consoling killers, cause they police, where they do that at? But usually there is no charge, we be good with that We should be good with facts, the body cam's a trap They show the murders of our people just to scare the masses And have us scared to carry guns, and who gon' have our backs in? Endangered species of the black and brownest nations left Government, Democrats and Republicans, all of them are just puppets for the top 1%. Equality for my people, it never was the trend. So many corrupt events, morals get trumped again. If it was up to them, I'd probably still be a slave. Never catch D afraid, I'm fighting till I see the grave. For my kids, I'm keeping the road to freedom paved. I do it all for the love, I can't concede to hate. Where's our 40 acres America need to pay? Mr. Reagan was a pagan, they're saying that he was great. Violence on the rise, it got my core shook Instead of arming teachers with guns, arm them with more books This administration, people are wildin' Locking kids up for seeking asylum Peep the evil inside them, they get away with it As long as they can keep us divided Imagine what happens if we was united Say,